Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Josh Barnett. All right, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. We are nearing the end of our parable series. Tim is wrapping us up next week. Then we're going to be moving into some other things, but I'm excited about sharing with you tonight. We're looking at Mark 4. Verses 26 through 29, we're going to be talking about the parable of the growing seed. Parable of the growing seed. Let's read these four verses. It says, Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. So, Looking at this short parable tonight, only four verses, Jesus doesn't even explain it, but earlier he had explained uh, what he had, he had done the parable of the soils and he explained what the seed was and what it represented. And, and really he's showing us here tonight that these are principles of how the kingdom grows. He's showing us how kingdom growth takes place. Remember the parables are, are all about Jesus teaching us how heaven is supposed to operate on earth, how his kingdom is supposed to come on earth and how we are supposed to live in it. And so We've looked at the parable of the soils. Tonight, we're going to look at this parable of the growing seed. And this shows us what happens when the seed has been planted in the good soil. And Jesus is going to briefly show us how the kingdom grows. I've got four points for you tonight. If you're taking notes, write them down. Four points. I'm also going to make it real easy. Uh, I, tried to, I tried to make a lot of the words start with the same letter so that it would be easy to write down and easy to remember tonight. But as I was studying this and looking at commentary and reading Tim's book and these, all of these words kept coming up every time I was reading this. And so my first point tonight I get from, so we got four verses and I got four, four points from the first verse. The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. My first point is our mandate is our ministry. Our mandate is our ministry. In this parable, the farmer is us. The farmer is man. It's believers. Why? Because it says the farmer sleep, he goes to sleep and he wakes up and he doesn't understand. So it's not talking about God. It's talking about the believer. So in this parable, God is talking about how we build his kingdom, how we grow his kingdom. And he's given us a mandate. Turn to Genesis quickly with me. Genesis chapter one, Tim does such a great job of teaching this. Genesis chapter one, verses, we're going to read verse 26 through 28. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals, on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. Here we have a mandate from God. So God didn't just create us to just, you know, he didn't create Adam and Eve to just flawlock through the garden naked. Like he actually, he had something for them to do. And God still today has something for mankind to do on the earth. We have been given a mandate. And this mandate in Genesis chapter one is still for today. We are still called to fill the earth. That's, that's the seed. You, you plant the seed and it produces fruit. We're called to fill the earth. Now, sometimes that looks like having babies. And sometimes that looks like making disciples. I believe God has called us to do both. 
The great commission is go ye therefore unto all the making disciples of all nations. And so as, as the farmer goes, he scatters seed as the believer goes throughout his life, no matter what your vocation is, you are scattering seed. It it doesn't say that the farmer is the preacher on Sunday morning. See this, (laughs) so oftentimes we think that this is the field, but this is not the field. This is the barn. The field is out there. And so regardless of what your vocation is, you are a farmer that's called, that is called to scatter seed. Now, what is seed? Seed is the word of God. So we are called to share about our Lord, about our Savior, about our Christ, about our King that we serve in this kingdom. And so we are constantly, this isn't something that you turn off and on. This is something that's constantly that we are sowing seed everywhere that we go. So you are a farmer, you are a believer, your mandate is to fill the earth, to subdue it. <clears throat> so we're, we're being fruitful, we're multiplying. We, we and, and something I like to say sometimes is like, we're all in full-time ministry. Just because you don't work at a church doesn't mean that you're, that you're part-time or that you're only in ministry when you volunteer on Sunday morning. Like we're all in full-time ministry because you're full-time saved. You're full-time a believer. You're full-time a Christian. And so we are all called to sow seed everywhere that we go. Now, <laughs> and, and listen, this isn't a burden. This is a privilege. This is our, like God, God gave us a purpose, man. And there's so much, there, there's so, it, it, well, it's so fulfilling that he gave us something to do. It's so fulfilling that he gave us something to do. It's an exciting task. It's a blessing to get to build his kingdom. Now, when you get revelation of how good his grace is, you're like, why in the world is he using me? <laughs> I don't know why he's using me. I don't know why he created me to do this, but I know that, that he, he wants to use us. He, 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 he wants to use the things in which he created. And he created you for a purpose. You have a plan and a purpose, and it's not just to flounder. It's not just to exist. It's to sow seed. That is the purpose that every man, woman, and child has in this room. Your purpose is to sow seed. He created us with mandate. Now, we get to do this with him. We co-labor with him. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. We, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 1. We are partners with God. It's by his grace. And Ephesians 2, 10 says that you're saved unto good works. So you're not, when I, whenever you begin talking about doing, everybody's like, oh, like you got to do something to urge something from God. That's not the case at all. We're not saved by our works, but we're saved unto good works. Works is a byproduct of putting your faith in Jesus. You, James 2 makes it clear that you don't put your faith in Jesus and then, it's, and then it's not shown by your works. We put our faith in Jesus and what he does. In, so we put our faith in him and he puts seed into our heart and it begins to bear fruit. And so I can't help but do good works for him. I want to do good works for him. He's changed my desires. He's changed the things that I want. And as a believer and as a Christian, like if you put your faith in the Lord Jesus, what else are you going to do? Bad works? <laughs> like, like, my goodness, like we get so caught up on the works things, but man, I'm excited that I get to do things for him, that he invites me into this adventure of sowing seed with him. So it, <laughs> John 15 says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And that's like, if you love God, like you will obey him. You'll want to obey him. It's not like I'm obeying him because I'm afraid that he's going to smack me if I don't. It's I love him and I'm excited about doing things for him. I'm excited about doing things with him. We put our faith in him and good works become a byproduct. And listen, this, isn't, this is not a private mandate. We are sowing seed in the earth, out in the open. We are sharing the gospel. We are being a blessing to people. We are blessing people with his goodness. He saved us. The church is his plan for the earth. 
The church is his salvation plan for the earth. The church paired together with the Holy Spirit is building the kingdom of God on the earth to make like your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now he's sending us out to go do that. Paired with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are making the earth look like heaven. We are making the earth look like the kingdom of God. We are disciples of him who make more disciples of him. That's what, that's our call. That's what the great commission. So believers, sow. it's what we are called to do. And if I will say, if you're not sowing, are you actually a believer? If, if you really think it's good, do you really think it's good news if you're not sharing it? <laughs> right? We want to share all the bad news in the world about what's, you know, what's happening with viruses and Ukraine and all over the world and what China's doing and what our president's doing. We want to share all the bad news. We want to talk about all that on Facebook, right? We want to talk about all the bad. What about the news that's, that's like seemingly too good to be true? Like the best news in the world, are we sharing that? Because if we're not, are we actually a believer? Are we actually living in the kingdom? So our mandate is our ministry. We're all called into this ministry of sowing seed. Number two, number two, there's mystery in the ministry. See that? Lots of M's tonight. Make it easy for you. <laughs> there's mystery in the ministry. Our mandate is our ministry and there's mystery in the ministry. Well, you're talking about the mystery. We'll look at verse 27. It says night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. It's because the seed has the power. We can put the seed in the right environment. We can plant, we can sow the seed in good soil. We can plant it, but we don't do anything that makes the seed grow. The seed is the power of God. God makes the seed grow and we don't have to understand it. We we don't cause growth. It's God that causes growth. I sow his love, his word, his gospel. And how, how does it work? I don't know, but it does. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. It's how he designed it. Romans 1 16 says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We are the sowers. His seed is the word. The growth is up to him. Now this requires trust and patience. Sowing seed and waiting for, you got to wait for it to grow. It requires trust and patience. Trust because there's going to be, you're going to sow seed and you're going to do things and it's not, it's not going to happen right away and it's going to be hard to understand. And God is always going to, God is going to call us to do things that don't make sense. He's going to call us to do things that we don't understand. He's going to call us to sow seed in places that don't make sense. He's going to cause it. He's going to, he's going to give us words of knowledge and words of wisdom and prophetic words to tell people that sometimes don't make sense to us. But have you read this book? He called a lot of people to do things that didn't make sense. (laughs) <laughs> he's going but I want you to know that understanding is never a prerequisite for obedience. Understanding is never a prerequisite for obedience. <clears throat> we, and, and, and we come, we come to him like a child. My son doesn't have to understand why he can't cross the road. He's two. He's not going to understand it anyway, but he has to obey me so that he doesn't die. And so oftentimes God is going to tell us things that right away that like, I don't, that doesn't necessarily make sense, but, but understanding isn't a prerequisite. There's mystery in following God. There's mystery in sowing this seeds and there, and it takes patience. It takes patience. Sometimes I think I, you know, I sowed seed and I, I haven't seen results. Like how are, 
And, and people say, well, how are my words going to change anybody? I'm just so-and-so. I'm just whatever. I'm just, I, I just, you know, I just do, I'm not a preacher. They're going to change people because your words are seed. They have the power of life and death in them. If you're, if you're sowing the words of God, you are sowing the most powerful thing in the universe. Well, I tried and I didn't see anything. Well, you don't go plant an acorn and come back the next day and see a 50 foot oak tree where you planted acorn. That's not, <laughs> there's seed time and harvest. You sow seed and you pray, but, you, but God, it's up to God to make it grow. It's not up to us. The, the timing of the growth is in his hands, not ours. It's in his hands, not ours. We have to learn to wait on him. And man, isn't waiting is such a dirty word. We are a culture that hates to wait, right? You go to McDonald's and you're sitting in line for more than four minutes and you're just about to lose it. Like you get stuck in traffic and you're just, you know, you're about to lose your mind. You know, we, (laughs) it's so funny to me to go to Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is so fast and so efficient and they don't have one drive through line. They have two drive through lines and you don't even have to go to the speaker. Like that doesn't make sense to me. They send some little dude out there in a, in a it's pouring down rain. My guy's got a rain jacket on and he's running out there with his iPad to take your order. I'm like, my guy, I can, I can talk to the speaker. Like you don't have to run out here, but that's not fast enough for us. Like we got to be faster, you know? Now I wish our government would take notes from Chick-fil-A, but you know, goodness, going to the DMV, I'd rather watch paint dry. <clears throat> You know, like we're, you, but we're, we're, we've been so trained that we, everything now, everything now, everything now, food now, <laughs> streaming now, my, like <laughs> my, my kids don't, uh, I'm, I'll never forget watching a show one time uh, on regular TV and a commercial came on and my kids were like, dad, fast forward. I'm like, I can't fast forward. Like, why not? It's li- I don't know. It's live TV. You can't fast forward, but we're so used to getting, you know, everything that we want now. Like Amazon Prime, man, you can order something and buddy, it'll be here tomorrow. Like that's incredible. I love that. And I, I, I'm grateful for all of these things. Like I love being able to heat up leftovers in the microwave. Like, come on, like you stick it in there and nuke that sucker. It's ready to go. I, I, I love all those things. I, I don't like waiting. I know Tim doesn't like waiting. Paul doesn't like waiting. Like I, I, I we're not good at it. We're not good at waiting, but what's, what's dangerous is sometimes this leaven seeps into the way that we think about ministry. This leaven seeps into the way that we think about sowing seed. This leaven seeps into the way that we think that God is supposed to operate, that he's supposed to be, you know, that he's on our timetable, but he's, def- he's not, he's not. Sowing seed requires trust and patience. We sow seed and then we play the waiting game, but the waiting game is so good for us. Learning patience is so f- good for us. James 1, 4 says, let patience finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When you plant something, you don't run out the next day expecting something to have grown. It takes time. Everybody wants quick fixes, but there are none. Everybody wants quick fixes, but there are none. We water, we cultivate, but we cannot cause something to grow. We can help create the right environment. We can pull weeds. We can ward off animals, but we don't create the seed. We don't give the seed power. We don't cause the rain to fall or the sun to shine. It's slow. That's why God tells us in scripture, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings. Waiting is the time between where you are now and where your promise is. And, and you've got you've to understand that the Christian life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Waiting is, is where you are now and where you want to be. Waiting is, is, is the place between the prayer you prayed and the answer that you're waiting for. Waiting is between the seed planted and the fruit harvested. 
And what it does is it causes us to, to, to come into a place of complete dependency on him to answer the prayer, to bring the promise, to move into the next season. We are supposed to wait on the Lord. And it's in the waiting that maturity begins to take place. Patience causes us to grow. James 1, 4, that you would be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, which leads me to number three. Number three, you guessed it, more M words. Maturity is found in the mystery. Maturity is found in the mystery. Maturity is found in the mystery because growth is a process. In this patience, in this trust, in this trusting, God is going to cause us to grow. Now, you, now to understand the Christian life, like we've all been justified. We've all been made right with God. Like that's, you, you, you say the prayer, you put your faith in him and positionally you've been made holy. Thank the Lord. I've been washed clean. He sees me like he sees Jesus. Thank goodness. But then this other thing takes place called sanctification, where then he begins to make me holy. I am holy, but I'm also being made holy. I am holy. I'm positionally holy. I'm blameless. I'm faultless before his throne, but I've still got some issues that I got to work out. He is, he is taking me from one degree, second Corinthians three eighteen. He's transforming from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory into the image of Jesus. And that's, that, that is a process. We're becoming more like Jesus. Each season we should grow. Each season we should become more and more and more like him. God wants so much more for us than just positional holiness. While positional holiness is awesome, he wants to completely transform our lives. And there, there is no process of transformation without sanctification. And, and, and I will say this, sanctification is not a better version of you. Sanctification is actually less of you and more of him. Sanctification is actually less of you. Sanctification is growing in the likeness to Christ. It's the progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and more and more like Christ in our lives. It is a process of holiness, becoming more like Christ. And it, and it comes from relationship with him. It comes from pursuit with him. And so in this waiting place, where the seed has been sown, fruit has been born in our life, and now we are going and we're sowing seed. He is in the process of waiting for the seed that we throw out. He's also growing us up. He's also causing us to mature. He's also causing us to become more like him. Now, why don't we just step, why don't we get saved and just step into everything that he ever had planned for us? Because that would make you a spoiled brat. <laughs> He doesn't want us to become entitled. It's actually, it's, it's not good for us to get everything that we want. It's not good for, it is not good for me to give my kids everything that they want when they want it all the time. It's, it's bad for us. It's bad for our health to get everything we want when we want it all the time. Man, I would love to just slam steak every meal and then just eat two dozen chocolate chip cookies as soon as I'm, as soon as I'm done. I would just wash it down with Dr. Pepper. My goodness, that would be awesome. I have a sweet tooth. It is bad. But if I did that every single meal, like that would, that would be horrible for me. That would not be good. For, it's not good to get what we want when we want it all the time. We are his children. He's not raising spoiled brats that demand his way. We got to remember we're his children, but we're also his servants. He's not our servant. We are his servant. And if we get that backwards, we will always be frustrated. But if we remain in service to him, we'll always be amazed. We serve him, he doesn't serve us. 
And we live in an, it's, it's hard because we live in an instant gratification society, but, that, but, but he disciplines those that he loves, Hebrews 12. He corrects us. He doesn't give us what we want right away. Part of discipline is learning to wait, learning not to be instantly gratified, learning to delay gratification. And, it, and it, if you read scripture, it turns out really bad for people that don't wait on the Lord. Abraham and Sarah, Esau, just to name a couple, doesn't turn out really good. Waiting on him makes us grow up. It makes us grow up. It causes us to develop patience, endurance, and self-control. It makes us dependent on him. We've got to understand that he is not our genie. Our praying is not wishing. Our wish is not his command. And I think sometimes we can easily fall into the mindset of if he doesn't, if, if he doesn't come through soon, I'm out. I'm going to move on to something else. Well, we got to remember we're not following Jesus to get something out of him. We're following him to give our whole lives to him. I think sometimes we forget that he's, he's the one that's actually king. He's the one that's actually in charge. He's God. He's not our butler. He's our Lord, not our slave. He's our master and our king. So we wait on him as long as it takes. We wait on him. And I, I think one of the important lessons I want to just leave you with here tonight real quickly is we wait on him to learn to wait with him. He wants to get us to a place where he is enough, where he is enough for us. It, it, we're praying for the, the position, the promotion, the ministry, the calling, but understand like the dream will destroy you. Very easily the dream becomes an idol. And we've got to get to our place in our life where we're willing to lay the dream on the idol. We're willing to lay the dream, not the, on the idol, the dream on the altar. We lay, you know what I mean. We lay the dream on the altar. And we give it up completely. And it's often in those times that we're willing to be okay without the dream that he resurrects it. He's got to be, he has to be enough for us. But I also want you to know that growth will happen if seed is sown. It's coming. If you sow the seed, it will happen. His promises are yes and amen. Isaiah tells us that his word does not return void. It fulfills what it was sent to do. If we sow, it will happen. Galatians 6, 6, 9, do not grow tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If we don't give up. And I love in verse 28 where it says, first a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. The leaf, the leaf blade, you sow seed, and you water, and you sow seed, and you water, and you sow seed, and you water, and you sow seed, and you water. And man, when that leaf blade starts popping up, when you've been sowing seed on that coworker, when you've been sowing seed in your kid, and then finally, you see that leaf blade, come on, I see life there. Something's something's coming, like, thank you, Lord. And now we, now we take care of that leaf blade. It, it needs care. It needs love. We need to make sure that its roots grow deep. And then, then you begin to see the wheat form. You begin to see the ear come out. You begin to see the promises of fruit. And they're still growing to do. But finally, like when the, when the, when the grain ripens, when fruit begins to come. And, and, and it's so cool to see, to see fruit that you've 
coming out of other people's life re- resulting on seeds you've sown and now you, seeing, you see your fruit producing fruit. That's incredible. That's so cool to me. When I see students, when I, when I see Colton Jeans, who I've walked with since he was in seventh grade, when I see the things that he's doing in his life now, because of seeds that I've been able to sow in his life and I begin to see, I begin to see green come up and I begin to see fruit come up. And now I see him sowing into our young men and our, in our school and in our youth group. And I see when you see fruit producing fruit, like that's the most rewarding thing ever. And then how cool is it for Hetty and for Tim to see me and Paul, like, I, like their fruit producing fruit, producing fruit, producing fruit. Like that's incredible. That's amazing. That's how the kingdom grows. That's how the kingdom grows. So, and, and man, I, I'm, I'm trying to teach all these people and, 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 and not very many are getting it. Well, if one gets it, that's going to be a lot because you can grow a whole lot of apples from one apple seed. Come on, <laughs> come on. Let us not grow tired in doing what is well. We will reap a harvest, but we've got to understand it's on God's timeline, not ours. If we put it on our timeline, we'll be impatient, frustrated, and worried because it doesn't turn out as quickly as we want it to, we've got to understand that our job is just to be the farmer. Our job is to sow the seed, and we can rest assured if we sow the seed, it will grow. The grain will ripen for the harvest to take place at just the right time. All right, number four. Number four, there's majesty in the maturity. There's majesty in the maturity. Verse 29 in it, and as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come. There's majesty in the maturity. The farmer reaps. This isn't about Jesus coming. It says the farmer is the one that gets to go and, and reap the fruit. It's not about Jesus returning. It's about the farmer returning and he gets to reap a reward. He gets to reap the reward of what was sown. That's amazing. My, like payday for me is when I get to sit in youth group and I get to watch my youth leaders preach. That's the most incredible thing for me. I'd usually just, I'd, I'd just sit in the back and I just, I, payday for me is seeing Chloe Davis come out here and preach. That's the most incredible thing. When, when, when someone that you have sown into is now producing fruit, like that's payday. That is, that is, I get to reap the reward of that. Like that's so incredible. That's so amazing that we serve a God that rewards and that, and listen, that reward and, 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 and parents, if you know, like when you see your kid get something, come on, that's, that's the best payday ever. When you see your kids love the Lord, when you see your kids honor the Lord, like that's the biggest payday ever. Like, come on. That's, that's the best reward, the best blessing ever. And it's so cool that we serve a God that rewards. We serve a God that blesses. We are children of the father of lights who rains down good gifts for us. There is majesty and the maturity. And so I, I, I want to end tonight just saying that we have, we've got hope. We've got hope. Turn the news station off. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is growing. Jesus Christ, the word of God was the seed that died and went into the ground. And since he has risen again, new creation has been taken place. New creation has been taken place. And now Christ is Christ in us, the hope of glory, Colossians would say. Christ in us is the hope of glory. The kingdom is always growing. He is risen and the kingdom has only advanced. It has only grown. It is unceasing. Sometimes it's slow to us, but it's still growing. We have to know that we serve a God who is sovereign. His plan is gonna come to pass. 
His plan is going to come to pass. Matthew 28, 20, make disciples of all nations. He didn't say it if he didn't mean it. Revelations chapter 11, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. He is at work in the world. New creation is happening. Oh, it's so bad. I just don't know what's going to happen. So seed, so seed, so seed. Let's spend less time complaining and more time sowing seed. Let's spend less time talking about how dark it is outside and turn the light on. Come on. Well, I get it. I can't go over and solve the problem with Russia and Ukraine, but I can solve the problem here. I can shine bright in my community and my workplace with my family, with the people that I'm around. Sometimes I think we get, oh man, the world is just so bad. Man, it seems to be doing pretty good where I'm at right now. It's really, and I know it's hard. And listen, I'm not writing off what's happening. I'm praying for that. And I believe that God is sending people to sow seed in those areas. And I believe there are people that are sowing seed. And I'm not saying that it won't get, that there may not be hard times that we go through, but I want you, I want you to get your hopes up because Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Christ is our present hope, our future hope and our eternal hope. We've got to be Christians that that we get our hopes up, man. We get our hopes up. (laughs) Come on. Don't let fear take hold of you. Don't let hope, your hope be in the economy. Don't let your hope, don't, please, Lord, don't let your hope be in the government. <laughs> don't let your hope be in material things, possessions, knowledge, riches, positions. Our hope is not in worldly systems. It's not in bank accounts. It's not in social media. Our hope isn't in our college degrees, our statuses, our jobs. Our hope isn't even in family or even in the church. Our hope comes from the Lord. Our hope comes from him. Well, I, oh, all this stuff, man, with Hillsong and all these things, all these churches and all this, whatever. Look, good. Let God show judgment. Let God reveal all those things. But right where I'm at, like, it's good. I'm getting my hopes up. I'm going to sow seed because I was, because I was at an altar last weekend and I saw young people in the altar getting completely and radically set free. Come on, come on. We have hope. He's at work now in us through us, with us, to bring about new creation, to establish his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This is our great hope. In due season, we will reap what we've sown. Verse 26, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Our mandate is our ministry. Verse 27, night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. There is mystery in the ministry. Verse 28, the earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. There is maturity in the mystery. Verse 29, and as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. There is majesty in maturity. Y'all stand with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, it's 756. Look at me. God is real. Miracles happen. (laughs) God is good. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you so much for your seed. Lord, help us to get our hopes up tonight. Teach us, Lord. God, we want to become like you. We want to be a city on a hill. We want to be believers that go out and sow seed, that we don't waste our time, we don't waste our breath, but we are building your kingdom. And God, we would pray your kingdom come, your will be done in this church as it is in heaven, in our community as it is in heaven, in our workplace as it is in heaven, in our homes, in our schools as it is in heaven, God. Teach us, lead us. We lean into you. God, we hold on to the hope that your promises are yes and amen. We hold on to the hope 
that your word is seed and it does not come back void. It accomplishes what it was sent out to do. We love you, God. We thank you for all that you've done in us and all that you're doing through us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to the CMC podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.